Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, church. So good to be here. And I, do I need to hold it here for you? Is that easier? He's like, yes. <laughs> uh, why don't you have a seat for a second? It is very, it's very cool to be here. We were actually here on the first Sunday that you guys kicked off. Uh, yeah, I played drums, so hoo-ha. Uh, my brother and his wife and my other brother and his wife and a good mate of mine from Gladstone or Tenham Sands, as he prefers to call it, because he doesn't like to say that he lives in Gladstone. Uh, we all came down, uh, drove the Amarok, packed with sound gear and drums and whatever, because uh, we know... Born and raised in the house, uh, used to meet in a in a, a community centre when mum and dad were kicking off church many many moons ago. Uh, packed into what's those what, trailers? See how you delete bad memories. Packing stuff into trailers every Sunday. Climbing into that trailer because I know how to pack. I was good at Tetris and just sweating. And it was, it was like just an honour. The moment I, like, because I've known Christian and Melissa probably since 2000, back in the youth days when I was running youth up in Mackay. And it's just special to be a part of bigger pictures, uh, that even what you guys are experiencing now, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because the next seven years are going to be exponential. There, there is more for you in this city, in this region, than what you've experienced to this date. And that God is actually poised and ready to work in and through you. And, and it's, it's a powerful moment. And I'm trying not to preach yet because I know most of you are still looking at me like, I don't know, he looks like he's dressed to go to a resort. He's, I don't know if I like him yet. His voice is weird. It keeps making a humming noise. And I know you, you're just figuring me out. It's all right. I'm going to feel you out too. We'll, I'll give you some background. Maybe that'll help us get to know each other. Married 22 years on Friday to my beautiful wife, Jenny. She's enjoyed every day. She's a very blessed woman. <laughs> no cheering, I see. Okay. Uh, we got two amazing sons. They're 20 and 16 this year. Uh, ridiculously good looking, so they must have got their looks from me because my wife is still beautiful. Okay, tough crowd, tough crowd. I'll get another one out. Uh, we are, we're, we're second generation in the house of God. Mum and Dad have been pastoring up in Mackay, uh, C3 out there for over 33 years. Uh, they're handing the baton on to my middle brother and his wife in August to take on the church there. My youngest brother and his family are in Townsville with Andrew Gray's uh, campus church, uh, C3 Church in Townsville. Uh, and they're like the two I see, like the right-hand guys of Andrew and the, and the family out there. And, it, and, and it's embedded in me. If, if you were to, how would you say, I, I, I love being in the house of God. My wife every now and then reminds me that we need a break. Uh, and, and it's fantastic because you need that balance. But it's like this morning, we, we joked about it last night at dinner. I'm like, hey, do you have a drummer tomorrow? 
And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, I could. And Melissa's like, you don't have to do that. We won't. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because anything that helps contribute to the building of the house of God, I'm in. I'm like, like there's, there's, there's fruit that flows that you don't get anywhere else. There's, there's fulfillment that comes that you won't find anywhere else but in the house of God. And, and, and if you, I've found this, if you miss church, you miss church. You, you miss an opportunity for God to speak into your life, to encourage you to, to maybe tweak something, to identify something, to, to, to lift you out of, to, to give you vision for your future, to keep you moving forward. And, and if you miss a Sunday, most of the times you miss something. I, I'm yet to go into church in my many years. I'm, gonna, I'm 42, I think. Nally. Phew. Born and raised in the house, and I'm yet to sit in a church service, even the ones where I don't want to be there. Anyone had them? Don't raise your hand. I'm yet, I'm yet, even when me and my selfish, messed up, Attitude has come into the house, and I'm even as a teenager, when mum and dad used to go, You're living in their house, so guess what? You do Sunday. Oh, come on, I'm it's like you're living in my house, so you're coming to, Yeah, but everyone else didn't have to go to you living. Dad would just, there was a simple, there was no discussion, there was no argument, there was no, Well, you don't want to live here anymore. And I'm like, Well, I like food, I like housing, I like, I'm going to church. It's like. It was simple for me, but I would go and I'd be like, me and my mates would mess up a little, but then by worship, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and slowly, God just moves. I, I, you, you can't come into the presence of God and not leave changed. I don't, I, don't, I don't care how hard you think you are, how tough you think you are, how bad your week you think you've had, how busy it's been, how tired you are. How I've, I've sat there while someone's preaching, and please don't do it today, but I've sat there while people have been preaching, and I'm literally biting my hand like this because I'm that tired. Not because of their preaching, Chris. It wasn't because you couldn't preach. I was just like, I was tired. And yet God will still speak to me. Because where you position yourself determines the outcome. And so this week as you position yourself, and, and I know I listened to Pastor Christian's message last week on, on stepping into vision, and this week we're stepping into the, the prayer and fasting to go into freedom uh, on Sunday. Positioning yourself with God will change things in your world. I entitled this message this morning, What's in it for me? Which I know is not very religious. In fact, if you've got a religious spirit, you're probably already starting to go, because we're taught in a nice way, but it sort of swings the pendulum a bit too far that, oh, you shouldn't think about yourself. Christianity is all about everyone else. And it is. It is. It's not about you. It's about your neighbor. It's not about you. It's about your... And, and, and it is. But, but can I bring a bit of balance? If 
I fly a lot, like I'm platinum. Oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. I fly a lot and I'm, I'm platinum. And you know what? The amount of times I've flown and yet every time the air host people stand at the front and give me the spiel on if we're dying, don't help the people around you. This is my summarized version. Don't help the people around you until you've actually affixed your own air mask because you are useless to the people around you if you're dead. And too often as Christians and in the church, we're so focused on helping everyone else from our broken position. We're so focused on helping everyone else from our, our empty position. We're so focused on helping everyone else from our, our devoid, lonely, insecure, messed up mess that we can't actually help anyone because we're not secure in who we are in Christ. We're not made whole, as he says in his word. We're not free from the bondages of sin and death. We're not walking in who God has called us to be because we're so focused on helping everyone else and actually, instead of actually turning a little bit here and going, well, God, what's in it for me? And we talk about prayer and fasting and it's like everyone sort of goes, oh. I do. And I'm a PK. And I still, it's like this entrenched, mm, I don't want to fast. I like food. Can't we just do it another way? And yet, as you'll find this morning, as, as we step into setting time aside for prayer, as we set into st- denying ourselves certain things, there is a breakthrough that comes for you. We're going to, I know you're playing really well. Who loves what he's doing? And he thought I was going to get him to sit down, but I'm not. Do you want a chair? No, I'm standing. You can stand. It's all right. Do you need a chair? Do you need a chair? No. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> we offered. This morning I want to I preach to you and instill in you a heart for prayer. You see, in Galatians 5 verse 1 it says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. What's in it for you? 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, then we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If you can be made whole, if you can be brought into freedom this week, if you can, if you can actually just draw that little bit closer to God, there is freedom on the other side of your healing. There is there is 
There is peace on the other side. There is joy on the other side. There, there is restoration of your heart, your mind and your spirit on the other side. There, there is more for you than you've experienced today as you draw closer, as you step in. John 10.10 says this, that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. It's kind of bad news. I always like to pause there sometimes because it's a good way of aligning what's happening in your world as to where it's coming from. Now, sometimes we accept bad stuff in our life. We, we, we take dysfunction and make it normal. We, we accept a poor mindset, a degrading, a, a lie, because our experience to this point has been this, and we know the Word of God says that we can overcome everything through the power of Jesus. We know that he says that I am a child of God, that I'm seated. We, but my experience has been, so we, we accept dysfunction and we stay where we are. The thief is the only one that comes to steal, kill and destroy. It says that Jesus said straight after that, but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly or life to the full. That says to me that in areas of my life, in my marriage, in my businesses, in my friendships, in my relationships with my family, in my my struggles with sin or my struggles with insecurity or my struggles with different fears, that, that if it doesn't line up with what God has, then it must be of the devil. This is a good little this is just little mindsets. Laying some foundation. So what does prayer do for me? Prayer makes Christ known to you. In Philippians 3, verse 3 to 11, I'm not going to read it all because it's a lot. But we hear here he talks about and he boasts, Paul does, in all these amazing things that he is. He was a, he was a Jew. He was, he was a Pharisee. He had done all this stuff. He had fervently, uh, I can't remember the exact word he says here, when he says he persecuted the church uh, with zeal. I persecuted the church as, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And he goes on with a list of all these things. And he says at the end that it's all great, but it's nothing to attaining who Christ is. That, that in everything he had achieved, in all of his great lineage, in all of his great achievements, in knowing the Bible, to be a Pharisee, you had to know the whole Old Testament, like off by heart, but just... Any scripture could just, he he knew the word back the front. And yet he says, all of that I count as nothing to knowing Christ. Prayer, prayer enables us to begin to relate with someone. It's 
can I break a little bit of a, a thought pattern? Prayer is not some religious act, some sort of rhetoric where you go through this list of things of how to do stuff. Uh, and, this is, and, this is, and now I can ask God for something. No, no, prayer is you and God conversing. If I come to Peter and I'm like, oh, Peter, you great shirt wearer, you. Amazing to see you. Uh, it's fantastic to have you here. And oh, just everyone knows your name, Peter. And all the works that you've been doing with all the fire things, it's amazing. Peter would be like, this guy's weird. <laughs> okay, maybe Peter wouldn't. And we've only, well, we've met a couple of times. That would be weird if that's how I addressed him every time I spoke to Peter. Ran into him in the street at the cafe. He's ordering a coffee and I go, oh, Peter, great one. You amazing. Everyone around me going, this guy is weird. Because we're friends. We don't need to. On another step, if my son comes to me and he's like, oh, great, amazing. I'm like, I know he wants something. And all I want is him to go, hey, Dad. See, prayer, prayer is actually just you learning to communicate with your Heavenly Father. It's just you beginning to create a relationship. Yeah, it might be awkward at the start. It always is. If you've been on a blind date, I shouldn't put my hand out. I haven't been on a blind date. Um, if you've been on a blind date or you've had to go, I've done it. Jenny's went, oh, we're going out with friends of hers. And I'm like, oh, good. With their husbands. Oh, great. And us group of husbands who have all been dragged along with all the girls who are standing in the corner looking at each other like, how you doing? Yeah, good. Because it's awkward at the start. Any relationship is awkward at the start until you actually spend time with them and begin to talk about things and find out what they like and what they do and what drives them, what, what turns them on, what's, what makes them go, nah, no way. It's the same. That is what prayer is about. It's about developing that relationship with your heavenly Father. So you begin to hear His voice to you. That when you're walking through life and things are dysfunctional, He goes, hey, I've got a better way for this. And your experience to this point might be there isn't a better way. But because you've developed a relationship, you begin to pray, you begin to spend time with Him, you begin to go... You hear things that you wouldn't have heard. Prayer rewards those who actually do it. This is the part of what's in it for me. I'm not making this up either. This is Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The creator of the universe says that he will reward you if you seek him. You know, years ago, uh, Bill Gates bought a property. I call it a property because I don't know how to say how big it was. And decided that he would do some renovations. The renovations took four years. In that renovation time, the neighbours on either side got a little bit upset because there was dust coming across to their properties and they complained to the council. So Bill Gates sent his 
people around to their house, not to clip their knees, sent his people around to their house and said, here's the deal. We're going to buy your house, guaranteed contract to hand it back to you after construction. If you do not, complain again. So he spent four years renovating his house, bought out the two multi-million dollar places on either side to hand back at the end of construction. And they say it's like to the average Australian, if we owned our house outright for comparison of financial expenditure that he had, us going out and going, we, we need some new faucet things for our house. Okay. And we went and bought that. In the, in the scheme of his financial well-being, that's how much he spent over that four years, was the equivalent to your average Australian going out and just buying two faucets. Now, if, if Bill Gates comes to me and says, hey, Ryan, dude, I just want to help you out, whatever you need, you tell me what you need financially, I'm just going to give it to you. It would be insulting of me having debt, having some to go, oh, I'll just... I'll just tell him about this part. Because I don't want to push the limit. You know, he may... If Bill Gates comes to me and says, on any financial issue you got, let me know, and I only give him a little bit of it, that's silly. Yet here we read that God says that if you will seek him, the creator of the universe... He will reward you. So I know last week we talked about vision for this year. I know that you're going into freedom next week. Part of the challenge I have for you this morning is to actually ask you the question, what are you going to be asking for? What, what, what crazy dream do you have that you've put on the back shelf because you're like, I can't expect that. I, I would love to have peace and sleep through the night again. But I'm, I would love to be free of fear and just that anxiety that grips me when I'm in it. I just, but I'm not going to ask because... I'd love to be able to love again. You know, my last relationship went to, and I, I would, but I got so hurt and it was so, I'm not. You're serving the creator of the universe. Who calls himself your father? He doesn't come and identify and and immediately say, I'm God, peasant. Which is how we picture when we He comes and says, Daughter, not daughter, that'd be awkward. <laughs> Other prayer needed. He comes and says, daughter, daughter, what can I help you with? How are you going in that situation? 
Would you walk with me in this direction? Would you start to believe with me? I, I can see... I can see this great future for you. Would you just walk with me? Come on. Mate, I've got you. If, you, if you'll just grab a hold of me, I've, I've got a better future for you than where you've been. Come and see what I'm seeing. And he, and he begins to draw you as a child. He begins to draw you to his heart. He begins to draw out of you those dreams that have been squashed by circumstance, that have been squashed by the enemy, and begins to renew them again simply by being engaged with him. By beginning to pray. By pushing through the awkwardness. Until you're just there with Abba Father. Where you're you're able to bear your heart to express the pain and be safe and secure in the knowledge that he's got your best interests. That he has a way through. When it comes to fasting, I'm not the best faster. We've already talked about that. So I want to give you another example. A good mate of mine is into hi-fi. Cool, no one else, great. Hi-fi is just where you have two speakers, an amp, a preamp, and just some sound. I know, it sounds boring. Stay with me on this. He just bought a new amplifier, power amplifier, dual, just a stereo amplifier. Uh, The amp by itself is just on nine grand. The preamp is four grand. The speakers that he's got, just two, just two, just two speakers, uh, are 14 grand. And he's like, oh man, you've got to listen to the stereo. I'm like, I want, they want to be doing more than just singing to me. I'll tell you what. But we sit there and, he, and I'm, I'm like this. And the lights go out in the room. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's no picture on the screen. It's not like we have to focus on anything. And he's like, no, 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 just, just, just bear with me. And I'm like, yeah, but I just get, no, put that away. Put your phone away. Put your, and I'm like, yeah, what? okay, Kewan, no worries. That's his name, Kewan, different, I know. I put the phone down. We're in a dark room. And then he goes, close your eyes. And I trust him, so I close my eyes. I don't encourage everyone to sit in a dark room with a stranger and close your eyes when they tell you. But I trust him. I'm like, okay. I'll... And he begins to play the music. And because my eyes are closed... Because I'm not distracted by other things around me, because I'm denying myself certain things that would actually take my attention, because I'm actually saying, okay, we're in a dark room, the doors are shut, and I can't see the rest of the world, I can now focus on the music. And I begin to hear things in a song that I know and love that I've never heard before. They've always been there. The sound has always been in the song. The the particular picking of the guitar on this side and the drum on that side. The all these little the piano playing and as he goes across the piano and it goes across the and I'm like, this is insane. But it came to me. Again and again, this is the same song I've heard 
So why am I hearing something different? And God said, that's why you fast. Because you begin to deny your flesh. You begin to, to deny your other senses because you're saying, God, I'm giving up food. I'm giving up social media. I'm giving up this. I'm giving up that. Because... I want to go after you. And as you begin to close your eyes and begin to focus on him, it's amazing that that a word that, that meant nothing yesterday can begin to flow over your soul and begin to bring peace. A word that meant nothing yesterday in the midst of fear and turmoil can begin to give you strength and fortitude. And, and it's like, because you're spending, what's in it for you is life. What's in it for you is breakthrough. What's in it for you is hope. What's in it for you is, is, is expanding, is, is restoration, is strengthening. If you'll seek His face. If you'll go after Him. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.